0: Hello, everyone. This is Trav of the Tritech Games Podcast. I'm doing this little bit as a memoriam to a friend of mine. He passed away Monday, October 4th at the age of 60. Uh, his name was Gary Reed. Now, if you are familiar with the movie The Crow, Brandon Lee's final film, it was based on a comic book by James O'Barr. Caliber Comics created by Gary Reed, was the publisher of the Crow comic book, as well as the Dead World series. Gary Reed also created Detroit Fanfare, which is a relatively new comic convention which occurs in the fall at downtown Detroit, Cobo Arena. Gary Reed was a longtime friend of mine, and he even did a bit of a foray into the role-playing industry. For Palladium Books, he created the RDF Accelerated Training Program module. Gary Reed was a friend of mine. I used to run Palladium Games back in the day at one of his four comic book stores. He had a chain of them in the 90s. um, Wyandotte, Redford, Westland. Matter of fact, the one in Westland was just down the street from my current apartment. And if not for Gary... I would not have met many of my longtime gamer friends. And quite frankly, Pixie and her mother, Goth Bunny, would not have a place to live. Because if I had met Gary, I would not have met their roommate, Brian, who was like best man at my first wedding. Neil's to say, Gary Reed touched my life in a lot of weird ways that I, a week or so after his death, it, it kind of hit me. So, Gary Reed did make his mark in fandom, not just in Detroit. I mean, he was well-loved in Detroit between the comic book stores and Detroit Fanfare, but also because publishing in Caliber Comics, now Caliber Entertainment, with The Crow and Dead World. I just wanted to do this little memoriam bit to pay homage and memory to a long-term friend of mine. He will be missed in fandom, especially in this area. I'm sure that this year's Detroit Fanfare, which is coming in a month, will be a memoriam for Gary because his co-creators are still running the con as far as I know. Gary Reed, rest in peace. You will be remembered. I just wanted to say this, and this will be posted on the site as well. Thank you very much.
1: she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aye, sir. She's ready to go to the stars. This is the TriTech tech Games Podcast. Its mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott Warp9. I got it.
2: And now our host. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav This is Goth Bunny Welcome to the TriTac Gains Podcast Your podcast of furrowing your fields, planting your corn under the light of the silvery moons Welcome to the TriTac Gains Podcast uh, This week we are talking about colonization Now, I know we've talked about this before when we were talking FTL and about how you could do colony ships and things like that, but this week we're talking about fringe-worthy colonization. And is it done? Who does it? How does IDET, or I should say the IDA, feel about it? And how do the rest feel about it? So I guess the very first question would be, does the IDA do it? Trav, what do you think?
0: Obviously, this is not something that a game master would have in his campaign until the late campaign. Now, this is 20 years post-Fringe Discovery, just because there aren't going to be enough Fringe-worthy to go and colonize a new Earth. Now, either through fringe born, i.e., the next generation of kids born fringe worthy or through what we call gifting, where you find enough crystal keys to say, okay, we let your kid have it. You won the lottery. Your kid gets to have this fringe key. Make sure he doesn't swallow it. When it glows in his hand, we take it back. Your child is fringe worthy. He will be enrolled in academy at age, whatever. Once the population builds up enough, to merit having a big enough force to do so, then they would do it. But as I said, first of all, it wouldn't even be until a late campaign era.
1: Well, actually, no, trap. I, I can think of one situation where the uh, IBA would sponsor a colony and it could happen fairly early on. And we've already talked about in an earlier, pod, uh, earlier podcast, Mars. It wouldn't be fringe-worthy but we would we would we but we would facilitate a colony on Mars, with the with the IDA providing all the uh, technical support and supplies. That would be a form of colony. You know. Well, yeah, to-
0: because you could have the fringe-worthy just drive trucks up, get out mm-hmm. in spacesuits, build it all. Yep. And then when space travel science has been. Excuse me. Space travel science has been augmented enough to make a decent enough craft. Then you just send the colonists up the old-fashioned way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and the reason I would say is because it's at Sidonia, and Sidonia there is a ruined city. So the colony would have you know, hey, they're there to strip technology from the from the old ruined city. Really yeah. comes right down to it. In fact, I think if it that's an, that's a reason for a fairly small colony. Uh, you know, you, we find a an untouched market world. We're going to strip mine that thing.
2: Reason I w- with the question was I wanted to talk about what you know, not why, as in like what are the reasons to have a colony, but whether or not the IDA would do it or not, because there there's a lot of political problems in in, in setting up colonization. Okay, the, you know, the IDA is sponsored uh, in some way by the United Nations. And there's an awful lot of members of the United Nations to whom the idea of colonization is smacks of imperialism, and they have all had a history where they got stepped on a lot by people who thought that was a good idea. Gee, let's see:
0: Africa, South America, Asia. No, we have India.
2: (laughs) They only have a a, a trillion people there. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. but the Uh thing is, but the thing is, a lot of a lot of them would be overruled by the Security Council. Because the Security Council really is the one that controls and runs UNITA. If, if it comes right down to it, it's going to be the 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 court the, 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 the core nations plus the uh, the three I, I think the three uh, writers for that uh, for that period.
0: Okay, That's- John. John, let, let's John. Let's all let's just get this out of the way. Who are the five permanent Security Council members? Let Let's just take a head count.
1: The United, United States?
0: States, Russia, yeah. Britain, Japan, and I think France.
1: Yes, and China.
0: Oh, that's right. Yep, China. Or no, China, not
1: France. Okay. Yeah, oh, France, those, France is still there, too. No, France is a, is a member. All
2: right. The, the point is that they all are people who have been highly involved in colonization in the past, uh, historically. And don't underestimate the, the political clout of the UN regarding, you know, saying, you may be the guys in charge, but we think it'd be a good idea. We really think it'd be a good idea not to do that. Or they, they would make limitations like, you know, you know, as to how it could be done and when it could be done. You know, I mean, you brought up the fact, John, that, that yes, you know, there's going to be, if they do colonization, it's going to be small growing. Okay. But the real question is, is that, you know, are they going to do it at all? because uh, IDA, you know, they're, again, the UN, they have a, you know, they have a certain uh, rules of behavior, and they're not supposed to be world conquerors. And colonization usually carries with it the um, aspect, I'll use that word rather than stigma, uh, of world conquering.
1: Yep, and the thing is, in if, it, if, the, if the IDA wants, wants to do it, or uh, basically it'll be at the request of the U.N. and if the U.N. requests it, you know dang well, they're going to put a, create a new group to, to oversee the colonies. They'll want to make, make sure their impermature is on those colonies, and they'll run according to, you know, all the various treaties and the declarations of human rights the U.N has. So it means, yeah, these are not going to be your libertarian com- uh, colonies. These are going to be colonies run by committee.
2: Well, there's going to be all kinds of colonies, John.
1: The fringe-worthy, if anything, if they're if, they're, if you check their loyalties, their lo- most fringe-worthy are their loyalties to the team and then to their home nation. Yeah. So if China decides they want to have a colony out there, they're going to have a colony out there.
2: Well, it depends on how many people are fringe-worthy available to them. Okay, and that's one of the major reasons not to do it, okay, and that is is that it takes, it takes staffing away from the IDET teams
1: mm-hmm. and you have to find at least I was looking this up minimum, minimum number of people necessary for a viable colony and this is making sure no one's got anyone related to each other within like say about 20 generations to reduce inbreeding it's 50 people that's actually kind of doable in 10 years
2: you could you could do it actually a lot sooner than that that's true I mean with, with with induction as soon as they find out about the fringe born as far as you know the I mean we already talked about how certain organizations could just create baby factories if they wanted to so yes within 20 years easily within 20 years Scott bunny and I discussed this about
0: an hour ago about the concept of the black ops project where they're just by gunpoint marching pregnant, pregnant fringe-worthy women through to make
3: pregnant to make fringe-worthy babies
0: yeah we yeah. discussed this and it it's something that we've really not gone into
2: I think it's a consensus between the three of us there won't be an episode devoted to this we've already talked about it it's, it's you know, we in the past it's no not, not, it doesn't need a lot of talking about
1: but a, it's my opinion that on the other side of the uh, on the platform will be you not you you need a fringe worthy going hi there we have more guns than you do so come girls come over this way we're going to take you to freedom uh-huh. it would never work it would never work it, it, it would be short circuited by by, by by united by united nations with simply the simply stand with more guns than than the asa could put on um, out there and I'm just not take talking walk- the
0: asa i mean i did mention the asa would probably do that but yeah. i'm talking uh-huh. other power centers other yeah. They would be doing that out of, you know, and IDET might stumble upon that if they explore the world
2: And John, you're, you're being very parochial, okay, it's nothing, I mean, any of these organizations, these groups, okay They could get a team, they could go out to some world, they could, if they have, if they manage to get their hands on their own crystal They can start making doing their little baby factory out there on the fringe path somewhere where IDET has no oversight, so, it, it, people who want to do things always find a way. That's why we still have crime, John. That's why we still have all the things that have been made illegal.
1: Uh, just thinking about Earth Prime. I'm, you know, the thing about it, as soon as the con realizes that pregnant fringeworthy can make can make you know more fringeworthy. They're going through the portal, whether they want to or not.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, and that brings up a a, a major a major reason why you might do colonization, and that is because there's a lot of worlds in the in the new Commonwealth, who think will think that's a good idea. And is that going to create any kind of an idea of a, um, you know, of a competition? Is there going to be a need
1: to have oversight over this? You know. Uh, well, first, the con would say, you have oversight over my domain. Sorry, no, you don't. Yeah, that's, that's
2: yeah. a thing. <laughs> no, no, no. Khan no. Con, con was a very political animal, okay? And, and, that, and th- there were ways that it could be done, okay? Uh, for example, IDET could say, we're not going to colonize anybody. And because we're not going to colonize anybody... Yes, we have oversight over your colonizations because that makes us the only impartial party here.
1: And just remember, the Khan has one thing, one advantage over everyone else out there for finding Fringeworthy. They just got to see the warp. That's all they got to do. They see the warp and he can find Fringeworthy faster than we can with a crystal key. He can overwhelm that oversight with just an army. Literally, uh, I
2: I don't think there's that many fringe ready to do that, but okay, fine, you
1: know. But he but he will. De- will you know, hey, it's 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 hard to find fringe ready initially we, we're only we're only with low, low keys.
2: John, you're mistaking the the word oversight for some kind of a police force. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying is is that if 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 by any if by any realm of possibility we consider uh, the area around. Earth Prime, you know, those primary worlds in which, you know, we consider the six plus and the six minus as being Let's say limited territory Then, you know, there might be a a good reason to have somebody to say, okay, this is a good fit for you This is a good fit for you, whatever, and, and try to objuricate that But the only way that would ever happen is if they felt that the person involved Either there was a whole lot of hand, you know, back, you know, hand washing, you know, each other's backs, whatever, or one group is basically saying, "Look, we're going to be impartial about this, so you can trust us to to come up with a fair result," you know, because I mean, ultimately, there's a million billion worlds out there, really, you know, but everybody wants one next to their home
1: world. True. I, yeah, and yeah, and the thing is, people like the Victorians would just sort of go, "Yes, your oversight is for everything in that direction. Everything in this direction is our oversight." Yeah.
2: Well, you don't want there to be a war out there, but there could be.
1: Yeah, I mean, basically, well, you'd have to approach the approach all the major powers, the the Erders, the the Victorians. Um, the, uh, who else is, who else has got prime world? Well, basically all the prime world fringe really, cause they actually have more access to the, to the port, to the pathways.
2: Cause John, you know, that the first person who gets their hands on a rainbow crystal can in one night go around and lock down the Commonwealth, including all the prime worlds.
1: Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I brought
2: that up. I brought it up last time. Right, and it could happen. So, you know, I'm saying is it w- th- coming up with a better solution, probably a solution that people are going to want to play, all right, in a campaign? All right, you know, these things like saying IDET begins to be the adjudicators, that gives or an, that, that provides a mission that provides parameters for the players to have to go and evaluate different worlds, say, where can we find a world to be a good fit for this this particular. You know, Commonwealth member. You know, let's say they li- they like that idea. Okay, you're doing the work for them, coming back and saying, "Hey, there's this," because it, you know, if you if you just let them go out and pick them willy nilly, then you're going to end up with conflict because people are the, the, the earlier out ones are going to go and or whoever thinks that they want to go out there and and make a, a fringe worthy world a colony. I mean, what's going to be the parameter? Is it, can, is it, can you hold it that makes it your colony, or, or what? You know, so, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Is that I think there, there needs to be some rules about how you get to do this, okay?
1: I, I mean, a good example of that is the um, prime world between Earth, between Victorian Earth and Earth Prime. Um, the, the minus, I think it's minus one. Yeah. It's an it's empty world. It is literally an empty world, and it's not, and it, it, from best we can tell, there's no one there. That's actually a prime candidate for colonization.
2: Okay, so in in my book, I have a list here. Of course, you know that uh, that that would be appropriate worlds to colonize. Okay, and let's see what you guys think about that. All right, so so these, so therefore these are what are called I call empty worlds. One, first one, Meller infested hells.
1: Yeah. Not a great place to live.
2: It, dis- it doesn't matter what it used to be. There's nothing but Meller there now, and we don't care if we kill all of them. Okay. We can go crazy on this world, and nobody's going to complain that you're killing too many Meller. Okay. So that's basically because we're assuming that if it's a Meller infested world, they've eaten everybody else.
0: Don't laugh, God Bunny, that's
2: oh, serious. I mean, Remember, know, enough Mellor can denude a world. We, we figured out that it takes less than a month to, to destroy a world.
3: So we'll go all kill animal all and plant
2: life, them. done.
3: Don't kill all the Mellor and take the plant.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Granted, it's probably, you know, nommed down to the topsoil, but, you know,
2: hey, bring some seed, you're good, yeah.
3: Give the columns some work to do.
2: You're right. <laughs> Second choice would be Warehouse Worlds, because ain't no person living there. Um, and it has the additional advantage that it's got a, a, a lot of stuff there. And I would think that that would be a very desirable place to set up a colony, because, you know, who knows what's in those, those
1: warehouses?
3: The salvage colony. They go there to salvage everything.
1: Yeah. yeah well, Queller. Queller would be there in place. But you can you can talk to them and they'll go, Okay, sir.
2: Well no, but there were the bots too. There are there are robots that are defending some of those warehouse worlds.
1: Yeah. It depends whether it's it's a Tremelon warehouse world or a Commonwealth warehouse world, depending what's what's guarding it. If it's a so if tremelon, it's Queller and they'll be very nice and very polite and get in your way and keep you tr- doing things until you shoot them.
2: Right, but but again, we're talking about getting into the actual warehouses. But this, the point still is is that you'd have a world that's essentially empty except for these warehouses. And for anybody who doesn't know what a warehouse world is for, it's because uh, in the uh, back when the Commonwealth was in operation, they had this big system that allowed you to teleport anything you wanted, to you, see, so whatever you wanted it So essentially, I want, you know, a, a house, bam, there was a house Where's that house coming from? Well, it was in one of these warehouses uh, They basically manufacture them, you stocked them up And then when people wanted them, rather than trying to generate it out of nothing They just pulled it out of one of these warehouses and stuck it where it needed to go Well, now that the big system went down during the Mellor and Meller War uh those things are still sitting in those warehouses. And so there may be lots of great stuff in there, or maybe the, uh, the ceiling has rotted away and it's filled with nothing but trash. It's hard to say. It just depends on how long, you know. The, we can assume that most of these worlds have been pretty much left alone, for, but it depends on where the robots are there just to protect it or where they do actual maintenance. It's hard, to, I'm just saying, it's up to the GM to make that decision. But the point still is, is that you have vast areas that could be used for, you know, whatever you wanted to, for 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 farming, for construction, whatever, mining, whatever you might want to do, As, you know, and, and if the, the robots don't like you near the warehouses, you just stay away from the warehouses, or you figure out a way of getting stuff out of it.
1: That's a good question. <clears throat> Were these worlds picked because they weren't very viable otherwise?
2: Well, again, a million million worlds, a lot of these worlds never had anybody on them in the first place
1: I mean, not viable at all. I mean you know it has a breathing atmosphere because there's algae in the ocean and that's about it. I mean, are we talking you know bare rock worlds
2: well no but nothing in the descriptions of them ever indicated that but yes that that is, i mean if you want to put all your um your warehouse worlds on um desic- desiccated rock worlds well okay then that's fine yeah nobody's uh, the only reason for someone to go there then would be salvage
1: yeah so that would be i call the strip mine colony it really is not a real colony because people will cycle and cycle out but their main purpose there is to strip mine the warehouses right
2: okay another possibility would be the agricultural worlds run by the queller Mm. okay (laughs) Yeah. You know, th- those are great. You walk. I mean, the the only problem with that is that they are probably designed to be monocrop worlds. It's like know, the that's...
0: bureau. The bureau thirteen node. There is a alt that has like a rye like grain that they. It's just all automated picking and storage and
2: yeah. And unfortunately, they've been storing it for a thousand years, in biodegradable containers. And so, on one end, you've got these things that are basically turned back, turned into soil. And the other end, you have them building and putting in new, <laughs> new containers.
1: And considering, considering the the echo points of view of the of the Tremelin, uh they would make these worlds self sufficient. So basically, yeah. Uh, they basically, they compost, they, they actually have fields like fallow. They, they do the, they do everything, you know, everything that's, they probably don't even till the soil. They do probably no till planting because the end of Queller, they can be, take care of any weeds out there and it's not a problem for a Queller to pick weeds. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it, I don't know if there would be monoculture, it may be just by the portal, it's one kind of crop. But if you go, say, 100 miles, they're growing something else different. And then another 100 miles, something else different. Trouble is, they're 100 miles or whatever the equivalent of 100 miles is apart.
2: Well, yeah, and I agree with that. But I was just simply saying is, is that considering that most of these worlds were apparently designed to provide food for you know the, the commonwealth, then it makes sense to have a, them growing a large amount of something in one place and yes if you want it somewhere else on the world you want to grow a, a lot of something else that's fine too because it doesn't matter where they are on the world the big system would just grab them up and send them off where they needed to be
1: yeah they'd harvest and uh, bale them up and you know harvest to separate the grains put them in bins and then the bins would get and they'd take into a process row where they'd process into whatever you want them to be and then a pair your table.
2: <laughs> right. Now, you know, and, and, and the last list, because uh, it covers so many different things, is basically worlds with no intelligent life as we know it. So this could be ruins. This could be where there's just nobody left alive that's intelligent. It could be a world in which there never was anybody who was intelligent. Um, you know a, a, you know, It could be water worlds It could be snow worlds It could be whatever As long as there's something there That a colony would be interested in, in Being there for That would be a possible empty world Can you think of any other uh, Other types of empty worlds
1: Undiscovered market worlds Either the low end or high end ones Would be a great colony location Yeah no, one, no one's there
2: well, that's okay. That falls in the worlds with no intelligent life as we know it. Yeah, yeah,
1: but there, there, but there, that, that the case of colonies there to for again strip mining, depending on the, the quality.
2: Yeah, John, you could put most of your suggestions under the general term of mining, okay? Whether it's... Well, you're using the word strip mine, but it's still mining, okay? It's it's mining... Whether you're mining, you know, uh, materials out of the ground, or whether you're mining uh, ice, you know, to a world where uh, where they have, they have nothing but desert, or whether you're mining as uh, high-tech artifacts, okay? That's still... That's still mining because you're not actually you're not actually manufacturing anything you're just taking it and, and and moving it to someplace else where it'll be the raw materials or whatever for something else
1: now due to a quirk in genetics, all friends really are immune to the rogue 417 virus so would the 417 yes. world be a place to colonize
2: Well no because there are intelligent people living there.
1: Yeah, yeah, but then you you dress it up in the old. We're there to help them. Meanwhile, we're setting up industries and we're re, we're, we're restoring the factories that fell into decay because everyone died.
2: Right. Well, that's not creating a colony, John. If you that's, that's what I'm saying is that if you do that now, you're world conquering. Okay, you know that and and that's and I'm saying if we're going to make a distinction here. Okay, that's where the line starts getting drawn This this is what all, all the other people who don't want to follow these rules Okay, these guidelines would be saying Well, we're, we're just there to help, okay You know, and, and we'll, we'll just send in advisors And of course we never leave Actually, I, I, just thought, yeah. I
1: thought another place you can colonize Are the non-trash collecting pokey walls The ones that don't collect trash or don't collect very much trash <sighs> there like 40 50 See, miles
0: that's, a, that's too finite an area but it's it's great for well, if if you keep colonizing and more and more people come after a while you're going to run out of room very quickly that's why you colonize a whole planet yeah you're not going to run out of room anytime soon those pokey walls are at the most maybe a couple miles long
1: well some some are well the the the, the pokey wall by earth is 40 miles in diameter so it's actually a fairly large surface. When you work it out, it's bigger than it's bigger than a, than a New Jersey.
2: If I if I may use an analogy here, as soon as the um, means of of uh, making everybody Fringeworthy is discovered, those pokey wa- walls are going to be Fire Island on the Fourth of July.
1: Yeah, or, re- or retirement villages for old Fringeworthy.
2: I'm just saying is that they're just gonna if there's something there that's worth having a colony there. You know, then they're going to just get packed because you know 50 miles isn't very much to spread around. You know, uh, and if you if you're making a colony, you are thinking long term.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that does bring up another thing, uh, Bruce. Uh, another place to colonize, and you don't even have to leave your node. Those star platforms may actually have habitable worlds on them. They're not Earth. And they may have, and they'll have local life, but you'll be dealing. basically, it's good old-fashioned space colonization. only you don't have to make the trip in a, in a spaceship.
2: <sighs> yeah, I don't really see a difference between that and, and what we've already talked about. Uh, the difference I, Oh
1: no, the difference I see is that they are in fact alien worlds. Uh,
2: alternate geology means that the alternate Earths can be just as alien as the alien worlds you go to on the star platform.
1: That's true. Yeah. The two sun earth is another good example of that. Yeah, where there are actually two suns in the sky. And yeah, you need to go out with 2000 SPF just not to get burned by the UV.
2: <laughs> now, one of the things I think might be a really big danger in colonization uh, would be that it might actually create a class structure. You might go and say, hey, you guys, you know, you're fringe worthy, but you're all from like, you know, third world countries or. And you're just not smart enough or you're just not educated enough to be, you know, to be let loose with the really high tech or really good st- and be explorers. You just don't have the, you know, we. it's like 20 years to get you up to speed with the rest of these explorers.
0: This is like the episode we did years ago on high tech cultures versus low tech cultures out on the fringe paths where we had yeah, yeah the caveman. Yeah, he just as good at swinging a stick. Yeah, but this guy who comes from the year 2200, oh no, he's a much better explorer because he knows this and this and this. It's that same argument all over again.
2: But the fact is, I, it, which I could see where they could say, but you know, we think he'd be a great colonist. So we're going to go and send you off You know, to a colony where you can, you know, do something that will benefit the Commonwealth, but you're not going to have to deal with the uh, stressful, changeable exploration uh, career path.
1: Yeah, I mean, Trav, the funny thing is that the caveman has an IQ of 240, the guy from 2200 has an IQ of 140. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not doubted. I mean, we uh, we made a very really good point in the past, and Crab and I think was the one who's making it. Yes, I mean those just because you're you know from uh, an 18th or 15th or even 1,000th year culture does not mean you're stupid. It just means that you have. I mean, you may be doing more with the technology you have than the guy, you know, the 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 um, you know the, the guy who basically sits around on his butt, turning dials and and and, and swiping on his devices in the year
1: twenty one hundred. Oh, so, we, so so the George Jetsons we don't want.
2: <laughs> if, if you're not if you're not in a world where George Jetsons are being supported, this might be a problem. Yeah, uh. colonists ten. 10-
0: Usually, and and I can go the Star Trek route here because, as you guys know, I ran a Star Trek campaign for a long time on my Sunday campaign. And in Prime Directive D20 Modern, they list the massive amounts of rules and regulations for the Federation to colonize a world. A lot of those could be used here where... If you are going to have a colony, you have to have people useful for it. You need scientists, you need agriculturalists, you need technicians, you're going to need security because if you go to a world, you may still end up having to deal with the flora and fauna coming after you. You're going to need, you know, doctors. And those low-tech, lower culture, low, you know, the people that come from the 1500s or the 1300s yeah they may not be in the science and tech areas that you need but you know damn well they're going to be good we need you to scout the perimeter and they know how to be out in nature better than anyone
2: But but can you see can you see that this however might create a class, class structure anyways
0: it would. It would create a it would, yeah. I'm 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 seeing that it could if handled wrong and it would be because well, they're of humans. It would be. <laughs> yeah, you get a caste system,
3: a worker ca well the worker caste, the the, the science
0: caste. The science cast yeah. the
1: academic
3: cast. Yeah the leader cast.
1: Yeah. So uh, and unfortunately the women caste. <sighs> well I
2: don't I I don't see that, John. Why why don't you make your case for that?
1: Well, first, well, let's be honest. If you want a viable colony, I mean, I, I've been actually been reading up on this. Um, yeah, uh, the, the, basically, it means you need lots of well, little kids, and the only mm-hmm. you get little kids is we all know, birds and the bees.
2: We all know, is, yeah. You need half of the human race to you know to, to to carry those children, okay? But how does that somehow make a woman's cast?
1: Well, there's, then there's this tendency amongst the, amongst red blood ma- red blood males to protect the women. Ca- the women, the women can't do dangerous things. They got to stay home, take care of the kids, and right, do this and stuff like that. So then you end up with half your half your population relegated to child care and food preparation.
2: Well, I would say that that would be um, something that either would be part of the culture they came from. Or it would be a really stupid thing for the women who are there to allow to happen, because there is no reason for that to happen. As you know, in, mo- in you know, with with modern weaponry and and you know, just with modern uh, medicine and all, because that that's what all that stuff's going to go.
0: Oh, I see. In your culture, back in your country, they used to do things that way, and the woman just gets pulls them close. We're not in your land now, are
2: we? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's the number one thing that you have said so many times, John. Which is, once they're out there on the fringe paths, they don't actually have to follow the rules of the world they came from. Right.
0: That's yeah. True. Or even or even yeah. the United Charter,
3: they become freer.
1: Yes, but there's still, but yeah, but th- there are still some things that that you know. Let's be honest. If you're starting a colony, one thing you want all the pregnant women to do is walk to the portal. Why? Of course you do. And the reason why is in case they're you have to be all fringeworthy. Well yeah, but in case you have to abandon the colony, you don't want to leave anyone behind.
2: Right. Absolutely. That's that's a a good reason too. But you'd want it anyways. Why would anybody not want their kids to be fringeworthy, especially when they're on, they might want to go back to Earth someday or go any of the other worlds that are part of the Commonwealth. We're not talking about taking somebody and dropping them off in the middle of nowhere and say, we'll see you in 100 years. They're part of the overall Commonwealth still. So, yeah, that doesn't make sense at all that somebody, uh, unless, unless we're talking about a really weird group. Of uh, ex- of isolationist fringe worthy who managed to find each other and get somehow get out on the fringe pass and find a world to be by themselves and make sure that nobody
1: goes to the portal so all their kids are now stuck on that world. I can think of another reason. Uh, it, it's a it's a bit of a bother. So we're looking at but this happens in the on a colony hundred years down the road. So it's it's gotten to the point where the colony has sprouted other little settlements, but they're like five, 10 days away, you know, to get, to get back to the main colony. And I can see someone going, but why do I need to go? Well, you're pregnant what the, I don't need to travel. It takes, it, it, I'll be, I'll be gone for 20 days just to go walk through that ring. Why do I need to do that? And eventually there'll be a small group who've never made the trip.
2: Okay. So, so you're, you're relying on the stupid plot in order to drive this. Uh, no, on the lazy plot, people uh, are lazy. I don't, I don't see it.
3: Or they no, choose I, not to. It would happen. Yeah, would it would happen. To have their kids be
2: Well, like I said, I mean, it's it's obviously a stupid move, uh, and, and yes, there's people that will be stupid no matter where you go and, and no matter how obvious it is that they should not do it. But I can't I would can't imagine that being more than a tiny, tiny percentage of people. I mean, just. You know, like it's like no vaxers. You know,
1: it will happen though. I mean, oh no, or, or, that's not or, the
3: same thing at all.
1: No, no. Or, or or they're just too busy. I mean, they're busy. Literally, you were talking to the person who's running, who's running the uh, running the agriculture of of the of the colony of this new settlement. She doesn't have time to make to to spend a month away from her work to go walk through a silly ring.
3: And then there would be the rare cases of a woman giving premature birth.
1: There's that too. If
3: she didn't get a chance to make it to the portal,
1: yeah, or she doesn't find out, she doesn't realize she's pregnant until oh, it's it's eight months now. and There's no way that anyone's going to make the trip
2: because unfortunately,
1: yeah, because <laughs> unfortunately at that point, at eight months, you might be viable, and the portal may say no, I'm not going to make a fringe ready. <laughs> out you come.
2: <laughs> I I doubt it. <laughs>
1: well. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say women in contractions going through the portal. Let's just to say that, okay?
2: Okay, okay. Only only in your campaign, John, would these things ever happen, is all I can say.
1: Oh, uh, no, you'd be surprised, Bruce. <laughs> all right. Um... But I agree that there, there would be classes in case. I mean, basically, there would be the, the high techers learning over the low techers because, you know, we've had better education than you did. Well, that's only going to last for 20 years.
2: Well, there's all there's always going to be third world countries, um, you know, in on Earth Prime, and they're always going to be fringes found amongst them. So therefore, always there's always going to be a ready supply. And as you go into the worlds, um, you know, that are nearby that, that are friends were you know that are, are, do have people living on them, you know, and finding friends worthy, then you may decide that you want them to be colonists rather than explorers too, depending upon what their culture is. So, I mean, th- there's always going to be a, a an opportunity for people to make a class distinction if they w- if they're wanting to do that.
1: Actually, I'm thinking of a colony world that wouldn't be formed by Unita. It's it's these a, a colony world formed by by pirates. <laughs> French pirates. Fringe they basically pirates. Yeah, they basically decide, you know, what well, well,
0: I told you that there were French pirates in this game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and they they so them decides. You know, um, this is a hard life, so we, we're we're going to become a tortuga. Oh uh, yes, <laughs> tortuga, or and
3: we'll
1: and, and yeah, and we'll deal with Port Royal. Port Royal, yes, and we'll deal and we'll be the source of supplies for all the other pirates out there, and we'll be a great place for them to go. It's safe for them to come to to spend their money, and sell their and sell their booty. <laughs> all
2: right. Um, so, getting back to like uh, the fact that we have multiple worlds that are all you know that are now all wanting to have colonies. Okay. So, how do we do it? I mean, you know, do we? Is it if if their culture is close to the primary culture that uh, that is running the fringe portal, they they get it. Like. Um, uh, the victorian's think that they have a, 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 a of a of an add on a per, you know a, a i'm sorry um, a restrictive thing on the one like the, the alternate on earth prime that is victorian they're like that's ours i mean are are we going to have more like that you know with these other worlds is that is that a something that we want to allow to happen do we is because any world this like for example uh primarily uh, Catholic Middle Ages, is probably going to have an awful lot of choices.
1: I mean, there, there is the world between, the prime between Earth Prime and the uh, Victorian Prime. They, they're, they're, the, the, the minus one prime is basically an empty world. Do they share? We get portals one through one through four, or you get portals seven through eight? You know, Maybe do you they, do it that way? They don't.
2: The best thing to do would be like a quota system, okay, where everybody gets the same number of possible colony worlds. You know, you, you either you do a draft like you do with the football or something, but they say, here's all these worlds that are available for colonization based upon, let's say, the criteria we've already talked about, and... You know, and go around the go around the room. You get to pick one. 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 And then there'd probably have to be some kind of a uh, rule, is like if you don't do anything with it for ten years, then it goes back in the pool or something. What do you think? What do you think of that?
3: Sounds very democratic.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but it, again, it's it's fair in the sense that each world in the Commonwealth gets. A, a, play, a place they can go And they get as good a pick as there are You know, I mean, there'll be a lottery Who goes what order, you know uh, Or maybe they just they establish it once And they just keep going around the room You know, as as each as worlds are found Because nobody's gonna, you know If there were a thousand worlds out there You wouldn't want them to go Oh, well, you know, we're gonna go and take And there's a hundred, there, let's say there's a thousand worlds And there's ten fringe worlds uh, 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 Fringe uh, members of, of of the commonwealth okay so we're each going to take 100 worlds that doesn't sound to me like a good idea because they're not going to be able to do anything with 100 worlds instead i like the idea of saying okay you know you get to pick one and then next year you get to pick another one if you want one. I mean, just somehow there has to be some kind of rules to say if you're going to have a colony then this is what a successful colony is and once you've established that, then you can go in and take another draw from the pot.
1: Yeah, I'm just thinking of, though, some some of them might say, oh, no, 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 no. uh Our node is our node. On All these worlds are ours. If there's one viable, we're going to take that one. Now, that becomes a problem for the erders. Yeah. who's on their node? The Romans.
2: Yep. Yeah. And that's exactly why it's not going to happen that way.
1: Yeah, so no, it,
3: why it would happen.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, no, the the Romans
0: against the Erders. Yeah, the Erders, the only thing that they've got is that their world is eight portals, the Romans have one. That's
3: about
1: it. They're, yeah. If
3: they're Romans. Yeah. That's enough said right there. They're Romans. They'll go and do what they want. They're Romans. They like the expansion.
1: The Petra try to invade Rome. They find themselves facing, even though it would be just muskets. They'd be facing a Roman legion. Good luck. Good luck, Charlie. Trying to yeah, face. This back to
0: yeah, this particular. Yeah, <laughs> let me let me get Colleen up, Speeder. This particular Roman world, they have gotten to musket level technology.
2: It's about the 14th century.
0: Yeah. yeah, Colleen. Remember, Colleen is a bachelor's in history, so yeah. Romans this, are
3: bad enough, but with muskets, they'd be like a thousand times worse.
0: Yeah. Well, remember there there is a book out there that says. And they did, and and I think John might know this book. I want to say it's the Moss Scale, where a a a firearm is a thousand times deadlier than a sword.
3: Yeah, I think I've
2: heard about
1: Moss Scale. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: yeah. It, it kind of depends on you know the the kind of combat you're doing. Obviously, you can't load a musket as fast as you can stab somebody with a sword.
0: Yeah, but if it's like even a revolver.
1: Yeah. You know.
3: Yeah, but you're going to be able to get shot a lot of a lot of shots off before that guy with a sword even gets close
0: to right, you. Right. Exactly.
1: And you're talking Roman legion Roman legionnaires who've been trained to fire in volley, so yes. there's yes. there would be at least three or four ranks, and it's basically boom, boom, boom. He's doing the math. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah it. 12 seconds, that thing's the fastest anyone can, can uh, load a musket.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, during the Civil War, you know, they, they weren't expecting their soldiers to do more than twice in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. But, but even that then, trained soldier.
1: Yeah. But you're talking Roman legionnaires, and then they pull the swords out, once they do the volleys, they pull the swords out and come at you. <laughs> yeah. <You know. laughs>
2: but uh, yeah, definitely when you bring into the, the mixed modern weaponry, and I'm sure they would have it. Because they're part of the Commonwealth. So now, you know, you, you, you can't stand up to grazing fire no matter how many, you know, how, what your sword's made out of.
1: Actually, right. what, what I see is that they end up buying the weaponry from Urd. So they're using Erd because Erd, they're right down the street. And Leary, they're down the street. It's, it's an hour's drive.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's also why it may not be, this may be kind of a moot point for them. I mean, this whole thing about saying, well, it's our node, blah, blah, blah. Guys, okay, it's, you know, it, It's a it's a hundred it's an hour drive to the next portal and there's six there's eight more of those and once you go when you drive an hour it's not like you know we're saying it's like days and you know weeks to the next portal to the next world no it's an hour so maybe it's not going to be such a big deal.
1: But some culture, I mean the Victorians, I mean, yes, even after the the secret gets out, and then the rest of the rest of the uh, Victorian world realizes that there's this thing called fringeworthy uh the Victorians are they are imperial power, yeah. this is our this is this is our node, we don't care what you say, this is manifest our node destiny, yeah, yeah. It's
3: manifest destiny,
1: thing. yeah,
2: well. It, again, it's that's up to the GM how they want to do it, you know, and certainly there's going to be somebody out there saying that. Okay, so whether it's them or whether it's, it's the uh, Golden Horde, which also has a heck of a, go- a Manifest Destiny going for them and other things. But... You know, so uh, you might, uh, you might end, but uh, where you have those worlds where there's more than one on a node, then yeah, what, what what's going to happen with them? Are they going to work it out? Or are they just going to decimate one or the other? And everyone just has to stand back and 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 and, and avoid you know uh, avoid their eyes to see that terrible thing happening. I don't know.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, you also could fall under the fact that you also got the fact that the uh, um, oh, I'm just thinking, uh, you, you know, this bunch of the United Nations say, "Well, no, no, this is our node." It, members of the United Nations saying, "You know, the general, general assembly going, no, 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 this is our node. These are our worlds. You can't tell us what we can do on 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 the alt alt, alt, alt zero zero plus two, the Victorian or Victorian Earth. That's our world." So I can see some issues rising there, at least in the General Assembly.
2: Well, that's why I think that probably, you know, hopefully calmer minds will get together and say, "Hey, it's just a pool of worlds. Okay, it doesn't matter where they are, because not every world, you know, I mean, it's, if 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 your neighbor, okay, the next node over, you know, and I don't have an example of this, has six really great worlds, and you have one." Okay, yeah, the guys are there going, yeah, yeah, you keep your node, buddy, you know, and you're over there, but uh, you got six now And you go, one, that's not fair, and the guy's, well, you wanted your old node, I get, I get my old node And it gets ugly, it, it's, it's gonna get ugly like that, and it's a much better idea for everyone to just come and say, look There's a million, million worlds out there, and they're not very far away so we just need to go and from the available pool worlds, you go and pick the best world for your world, and that's where you make your colony. And 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 there, and, and and that and if you have a trading partner right next to you, how's that a bad thing? I mean, you yeah. So I, I would I would suggest to the players and to the GMS not to go that route, but unless you really want to have a lot of conflict. Because ultimately, you know, it's like the game of civilization, where you know you have the the you know, the two, you bring the markers in from one culture and another, and he has the other the other culture, and you go and you t- start taking the guys out because that's how they resolve conflict. At the end of which we coexist. So all you're really saying is is that you're creating this massive interdimensional game of civilization, you know, and ultimately we're all going to end up coexisting.
1: But you you built that that city right next to my city. What are you doing?
2: Yeah, yeah, and I'm saying, but ultimately, you're going to coexist, assuming that there's equal number of you or whatever, you know.
3: The whole human history belies that they would eventually
2: coexist. No, no, we all coexist eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe several thousand years in the future. No, I'm saying, look at at Europe, okay? You think those borders are there because nobody wants each other's land? It's... It's they they learned how to coexist. <laughs> Granted, the borders shift now and again, but uh, you know a little bit, maybe, maybe not. Maybe people don't care about that anymore. Maybe you know it's
1: actually I got I got wrong. It's not the not the Pechermons on the Earth portal. It's the it's the Golden Horde on the Earth port on the earth node.
0: Yeah, oh, that's man. right. You go. Go so on. you have a bunch of stocky Nordic kind of yeah. We got the bread pudding there, don't you know? With Genghis Khan's boys.
1: Yeah, except that the Genghis Khan boys are also in the 14th century. You
2: don't mess with yeah. Genghis Khan. So, assuming that we don't have this crazy, you know, uh, I claim this node for France kind of thing going on, okay, uh, or even if you do, okay, uh, it, it says, are there worlds so damaged or so hostile that anybody who makes a colony on it can have it?
1: Hmm. Yeah. I would say any of those uh, Miller-infested worlds would qualify for that.
2: <laughs> That's possible. I was actually thinking about the world you went through, and it had like 10 times the amount or 100 times the amount of, of ultraviolet. And and people were like going blind within a couple of minutes of being on the world. Didn't realize it at the time, but they walked back through, and all of a sudden they start swelling like, like fresh bread in the oven because they're, they're having a toxic reaction to the ultraviolet.
1: Oh, you get sunburned. I mean, you you would be sunburned in a few minutes.
2: Right, right, and and some of them even died from it. So the the so I'm saying is, that here you have a world that has you know that is colonizable. I mean, it's you know it's it, it, it's not like a burned out world. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's not like five G's. You know, it has water. It has soil. It has this, but it has this problem. Okay, it but it's it's really really gonna be hard to live there. And so the question is: Is it? Are there worlds that are so bad like this? There was like you know, if you want it, go ahead. You know, just, you know we'll you know we'll uh, we'll will pick your bones clean later. You know, if you fail because if you screw up even a little bit, you know, you're toast. It's it's okay. You can have that. What do you, what do you think? Is there going to be any worlds like that? Like you said, like the Mellor Hells are a really good example of that. Yeah, go clean out that Mellor Hell. You go right ahead. We're assuming, as I said. Late
0: campaign, Mm -hmm. everybody in the new Commonwealth is going to know about a Mellor hell. Earth Prime, we have already said, are the tech big boys on the block. PL6. Everybody else is lower. If Earth primers are barely getting away with taking care of Mellor with big guns... Do you think that any of these other cultures are going to go, oh yeah, we'll take on a Meller Hell... Hell no. <laughs> <How about laughs> the Romans, the Victorians, the Erders, the Norlanders... Uh,
1: I the think Romans, the Victorians, oh, Victorians would have a, a running chance at least for 18 hours. And then, the of course, they... they re-
0: get some weird science up in there. But yeah. even even then, they're all going to look and go... We're not going to colonize a world that's infested with Mellor. There's no chance of us lasting more than, you know, we can't bring that much ammo with us.
2: If we eliminate any world in which there is already indigenous intelligent people as a a possible place for colonization, the number of worlds that are left might actually get pretty thin.
1: Well, okay, here's something, because I was working on this world description It's a world that basically humanity is wiped out. There's no humans left because they were invaded by aliens. But the aliens are dead, too, because, well, you know, they were compatible biologies and they more or less wiped each each other out due due to the fact that they were actually compatible biologies and their viruses went both ways.
2: Or, you know, they didn't realize that their sugars were all right-handed versus left-handed.
1: But the the aliens, let's call them Martians, had these organic creatures called tripods. With lasers on the, t- with laser guns, with, with heat rays. They're still there. They're still operational. But there's no people there. There's nothing intelligent. Just these really smart biomachines, machines the best way to call them. Walking around, breeding and making more of themselves. And would that be a place that you, we, we consider, you know, seeing people who colonize?
2: Sure. If, if there's good reason, like I said, we haven't gotten into reasons why we would colonize, but assuming there was a reason to colonize that world, then it's like, you know, who's willing to, do, you know, put the work in to actually, you know, to, to, to the, the, the very upfront work of surviving, figuring out how to survive this world when, you know, in order to, to, to claim it
1: because yeah. oh, oh, this is actually is from a, another game co- game world I, I I ran this world I call it Tripodia uh, but uh, hey. uh, yeah, but turns out if you get the if you get the tripods when they just hatch, you can tame them and in this case and there and they there's a breed that's only about uh, 20, 20 feet tall and you can ride them and they have lasers and they have organic, lasers for their tail, which means their lasers work on the fringe paths.
0: And God bunnies here using the air quotes <laughs> when you're laser. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> La- freaking laser beams. Lasers on the tail. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my my chair has a laser tail.
1: But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah they're tameable. In fact, all the all the critters are ta- all these tripods are tameable. Trouble is the bigger ones are a hundred feet tall.
2: Okay, so now're we're, we're, now we're in a Jack Vance story, okay?
1: Yeah, 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 but but the thing is <laughs> but the thing is that's the reason to go there is they, they end up being something you can bring on the on the platform. I would imagine if not for the average friend, really, but for French security. Having critters like this that can walk around and shoot lasers at people on the fringe paths, that's not a bad thing to have.
2: No. Actually it sounds like a terrible thing to have. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Until until the Coptics show up. Then it's really good thing to have.
1: Yeah. It yeah. just gotta feed them batteries and some metal as well as some organics, because they are biomechanical.
2: That's why, you know, the reason to do it. But but I said here's a you know, this is a world that's very, very hostile for one reason or another. And so you know, it's kind of like it's not. It's never going to be your first pick. It's always going to be the one that basically sits in the pool and nobody chooses it because there's always a better world to, to choose. And you know, and so nobody ever. You know, even the people whose node it, it supposedly belongs to never colonizes it because it's just too much trouble. Because there's other worlds to go after that are so much. You know, lower fruit. If somebody, if somebody really wanted it, you know, would it, you know, do you think it'd be okay with everybody if they went in and they went and did their best? Yeah. Okay, I'm just saying, it's a violation of that, this is mine, always mine, you know, (laughs) I I touched it, it's mine kind of concept that seems to fall into that whole, you know, parochial thing.
1: Actually, I'm looking at some descriptions right now for some, again, plus one. Uh, which is the uh, the the vacant Earth? As it turns out it's plus one, not minus one. Plus one. Uh, it's prime. It's it's a this prime is pristine and empty. There is nothing. There's no people there. Well, one of it's alternates, is called green tubes. Thousands of miles of greenhouses radiating from a central null gravity ca- cavern. Uh, we see machine-tended crops and flowers, and it's an asteroid. It's basically there's an asteroid, big asteroid, probably the size of Ceres where earth used to be. And it was turned into a greenhouse.
2: Cool. Yeah. That'd be definitely something that people might want because it's already there for them to
1: move in pretty much. Yep. Just got to deal with the lack of gravity. I'm also thinking of,
2: (laughs) but, but most worlds are going to have a lot of work necessary to get them going. Again, we're, we're talking about worlds that are empty worlds.
1: Yeah. I'm, 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 also thinking of, of one of the various, Super fluers, where there was a super flu that more or less wiped out everybody, and the flu's still there now. Because your friends were the, you might catch it, and then it's a run, run for the portal, and hopefully cleans you up, or you may, or maybe thanks to genetic flukes, you're not. You may, you know, you may not be able to catch it. So, you know, as I would say, Erders, we probably, could probably go there just fine because they're technically different human beings because of the fact they come from a 1.2 G world. So they might not be genetically the same, uh, so they might be able to go to a super flu to Earth that other people can't go to. Or what was we... the
0: other one? The other, um uh, the Norlanders,
1: yes,
2: they, they sort of have, yeah, but we, we said that was because they just didn't go south of the yeah, river. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah.
1: Yeah, the 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 Ear-ers are actually are technically they're humans, but I would say technically because they come from a, from a planet that's twenty percent larger than Earth and twenty and twenty percent more gravity. So I'd say they're they're related, but they're probably not exactly human. That's so parochial, John. <laughs>
2: they can if they can interbreed, they're human.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, just like Neanderthals, we could hear be Neanderthals. So. If we
2: if we could, then yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm fine with that. I I, I mean, I, I was I, I'm reading lots and lots of anthropology books. They said we got people walking around Earth right now that if you put them in the right clothing, you know, and and, and took a picture of their bone skeleton, you, you'd, there's lots of people would say, look, a Neanderthal. Actually, oh,
1: yeah. I, I I knew a guy. Yeah. I knew a guy who had the greatest Sagittal crest of any person I've ever saw. Yeah. <laughs>
2: but anyways, back to this colonies. Um, there's a whole, you know, there's a real upfront cost of setting up a colony. So, and, and not only just an upfront cost, but a continuing cost. Because, you know, colonies, a lot of times they don't, uh, you know, they don't like deliver, you know, they don't pay for themselves in the sense of, in, in, in within a year 10 years even 20 years so you know the real you have to ask yourself who's paying for this okay I mean the world is uh, are they if they're fronting the money okay, Sooner or later the bean counters Are going to get into this And they're going to be like Well the first one is like For the glory of Russia We will establish this colony And I've, I've read a book on on the colonization Of uh, Canada And, 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 and uh, Alaska By the Russians And it is just a trail of tears You would not believe Because of always trying to get, trying to get Enough money to do things And, and, and having a regime change Having a regime oh having a regime change that basically all of a sudden the money dries up because that your patron no longer lives. Okay. And, and now you have to
1: get con- And they were so close to finding Sutter's Mill. They could have found Sutter's Mill and found all that gold. That would have changed everything. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million million worlds out there. So go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Richard Tohoka. Wait you see what's coming next. And this
0: is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun.
3: Yo, brothers. This was the tri Games podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons license, 3.0. No commercial reproduction. No derivatives. And, sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at tri Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts cause we're some bad mothers.